Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is a podcast from The Bugle. It was a dark and stormy night, and the captain said to his men, Men, I'll tell you a story. Gathered round, and the men gathered round. And the captain said, It was a dark and stormy night. And this is The Gargle, the uh, sonic glossy magazine to The Bugle, audio newspaper of the visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are uh, Lynn Ferguson and Nato Green. Welcome. Hello. Hello. It was a dark and stormy night. When was that? Uh, I mean, when I was writing that um, particular introduction to the thing. It's actually just a, it was just a trick. It's just a trick story that we used to tell each other as children. I usually do references that I think people will recognise, but did no one ever play that it was a dark and stormy night trick on you? No, not really. Because I lived in, I grew up in Scotland. It was always a dark and stormy night. But I liked it. I think you might have been a pirate <laughs> in a past life, right? Because that sounded quite piratey. Don't you think, Nato, that sounded a bit piratey? I think it, it sounded it, it piratey. It sounded a bit piratey. Uh, Alice, since, since you don't drink, I'm obliged to tell you that Dark and Stormy is also a nice cocktail. It's, uh, it's, oh. It's, oh, excellent. It's rum and ginger beer with, with lime juice. Uh, it's, just, it's just the sort of slightly more literary version of this is the song that never ends. It sort of goes round and round, and you know, the captain said to his men, "Men, it's a dark and stormy night, and it's going to start at the beginning again." It's just a, it's just a recursive loop of uh, what passes for a joke when you're nine years old. <laughs> well, I liked it, so maybe I'm nine years old. How about that? <laughs> well, before we sit down and start braiding our hair in the sleepover party that is this week's stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. The front cover this week is Elon Musk shirtless on a yacht, uh, but we're better than body shaming, so we're not going to describe him. If even the literal richest man in the world isn't powerful enough to achieve escape velocity from normative beauty standards, what chance do the rest of us have? How do you feel about this uh, most recent I thing? I don't care about what he looks like, but I have to say I do think he's a whiny bitch. I don't know that I can say that, <laughs> but I am saying every time he opens his mouth, it's like blah, blah, whiny, whine, 
Oh, it's really bad for me. Oh, I'm the richest guy in the world. Oh, but I'm having a bad time. Uh, like, I wish he would just shut up. Do you know, I'm not saying he should go to the gym to fix his body. I'm saying he should go to the gym just so he could shut up for five minutes. Just get on a <laughs> treadmill. Shut up. Stop moaning. Let us get on with our lives. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think what's bad about Elon Musk is not his flaccid dad bod. Like, Total. I think the problem with him is that he's like Batman, but instead of being traumatised by bats and dressing up as one, he was traumatised by juvenile edgelords cosplaying the villainous lord of a ruthless space mining <laughs> dynasty in a science fiction movie, and now he's decided to pretend to be one. Do you know what? I want to climb inside your brain, Alice. You have the bestest words. We've got the dark and stormy night, and we've got the space lord. I'm like... Oh, I suddenly feel very inadequate wordage-wise. <laughs> no, it's just a sign of a really, really, really misspent youth in the library. <laughs> I misspent my youth. Like, I used to skip out of class and go and read sci-fi novels in the library. Like, oh. that's the worst kind of nerd. <laughs> but look how you've benefited now, right? It's true. Uh, look, you know, as the bearer of a dad bod myself, uh, it takes some some work to hit that sweet spot of like not like not fat but also not making any effort at all um just like like just the look the, the physicality of just having thrown in the towel entirely but like not in a way that like raises alarms for anyone uh it, it takes some, like some concentration uh and 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 focus uh to, to maintain that physique well you want that reassuring shape that says i could rescue you from a fire but I'd put my back out and then you'd have to look after me for two weeks. <laughs> well, that's the front cover for this week. Now it's time for our satirical cartoon. The satirical cartoon this week is a Venn diagram of the Tory leadership race. One circle is the top candidates for leadership of the Tory party and the other circle is people who did PPE at Oxford University and the Venn diagram is a circle and then you look again and the circle is a monocle being worn by a wanker and that wanker did PPE at Oxford University. <laughs> top story this week, Vesuvius Selfie news, a US tourist was injured falling into Vesuvius. It's okay, he's fine, but he did fall into a volcano mm. taking a selfie, uh, which, I mean, you'd think you'd have a, at least enough survival instinct not to fall into a literal volcano. <laughs> Lynn, you're hot stuff today. Can you unpack this story a little bit? Well, what I feel about it is I think he got a lucky break. I think it was very lucky for him because for most of us, right, like, I have to look back at photographs of the 80s to know when I've been an ass, right? Because I've got the big hair and all that. And I go, my, I thought that hair was great. <laughs> I look like an ass. Whereas, if you're wondering whether you're an ass or not, the answer is very simple in, did I fall into a volcano or not? Because <laughs> if the answer is, I did fall into a volcano, then you have the answer to your question. Yes, you can improve. So I think it was a lucky break for him. I don't, I, you know, I feel sometimes that, you know, that Darwin thing where it's uh, the, the, what's the, the Darwin Awards where they give it to people who've managed to kill themselves or die before procreating. And I think he's maybe just seeing if he's a candidate. So I think it's a lucky break for him. <laughs> I mean, it is next level. Some people hit rock bottom. This guy nearly hit magma bottom. <laughs> NATO? The reporter for The Guardian that wrote up the story did not attempt to maintain journalistic objectivity uh, because 
The article said the American bypassed the turnstile and went on the out of bounds path, ignoring the signs not to go there. The group, which reportedly ventured to the volcano without tickets, took a path that was clearly signposted as being forbidden due to being extremely dangerous. Like the reporter really wants you to know how f***ing dumb he was. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't like area man falls in volcano. This is f***ing idiot didn't read the clearly posted signs and faced a consequence. I'm glad that the reporter didn't both sides it for once and didn't like go for a reaction quote from the president of the shitheads taking selfies in places they shouldn't society. Where I think the the journalist has been very careful is not mentioning. So it's it's he was there on the volcano with his family and he's, he's, they've named some relatives who were with him, a couple of other relatives, but they haven't named which the relatives were. Because, you know, it would absolutely provide food for deep criticism depending on if he's 23 and already married... Can we all just, you know, yeah. feel really sad about the state of the world? And secondly, if he's there with his parents, what were they doing? Why were they not looking after him? Why were they allowing him to take a selfie in a volcano? Well, right. maybe they were trying to help him out, which is that thing where you go, where everybody's saying this guy's an idiot, like we all know he's an idiot, but even though he's an idiot, he doesn't know he's an idiot. So what we'll do, right, is we'll go to a volcano... <laughs> and we'll get him to stand at the edge, the edge of it, and say, "Hey, take a selfie." And if he does it, he might fall in, and then he'll know he's an idiot. Like I say, I feel it's a productive experience for him. He's very American about it too. I mean, he went where he wasn't supposed to go to, to make a dramatic, symbolic gesture, and ended up forcing the taxpayers of a country not his own to clean up his mess. How how American is that? If we can't blithely up the entire world and act like it was a goofy a accident why did we even defeat hitler for you you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so he said he wanted a dramatic selfie and he didn't get the shot and i went on instagram and i searched up other vesuvius selfies and they're all shit they're all shit <laughs> because because of the angle every single vesuvius selfie just looks like a person standing in front of a giant pile of brown dirt yeah. You need a longer <laughs> lens further away to really capture the dramatic shot. Yeah, I imagine you're not allowed to fly drones around Vesuvius because it might make the uh, god of the volcano angry. I mean, it's been a long time since they sacrificed a virgin to a, a volcano. Maybe maybe we should try it a little. Maybe he was a virgin. Maybe he was the virgin. Maybe that's why his family took him there. They were like, well, volcano needs a virgin. He's 23. He's married, <laughs> but he still lives with his mum. He the world, be the, the world in a parlous state. Let's try it. Come on, we've got to try something. I suspect he wasn't the first person to fall into the volcano taking a selfie uh, through the ages. I believe back in AD 70, someone also fell into the volcano taking a selfie that they were trying to paint on the side of a clay vase. Um, <laughs> also, d during the Renaissance, painter Caravaggio fell into Vesuvio while taking a selfie that he was painting in oil on a three square meter canvas. <laughs> it's, very, it's tough because when the volcano starts erupting, all you want to do is take a selfie. But if you have to chisel that into a marble uh, block, <laughs> by the time you finished it, the marble started melting, is all I'm saying. Your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Living Overseas. Have you ever wanted to live a life only ever surrounded by some of your friends? Want to find out exactly how bad you are at maintaining correspondence, despite having imagined you'd be the kind of person who definitely send handwritten letters on a regular basis? 
Love always feeling like you're missing out on some other life you could have had if you just more or less stayed where God planted you like a bush or a mollusk. Try living overseas. <laughs> Soon you'll make friends for life who you can't take home, and after a while you won't even know where home is anymore. Living overseas, it's got you coming and going. <laughs> And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Actual Food Security. Uh, we can talk about that politically, but this is not a political podcast. Real food security is that thing where you're a baby and you're holding some food in one hand and then you decide what you really need is some other food in the other hand, just in case. Food security. <laughs> That's weird. It feels like a bit of an incomplete ad section um, somehow. Never mind. Let's move on to our next section. Uh, here's, here's the next page. Um, here are some tips for handling the heat brought to you by our sponsor, Half a Glass of Water. First of all, try misting yourself like a delicate succulent regularly throughout the day. Secondly, make ice. Put it in your bum crack. Give it to a limp stranger. Dip your bits in it. Use it to inflate one of those scrunched up novelty sponge toys. Saturate a cloth and place it in front of a fan to blow wet air through the room. Use it to sabotage the computers of the largest oil companies in the world. Dress as a waiter, put poison in it, and give it to someone at the beginning of a murder mystery. Fire it into space so one day an indentured servant working on Elon Musk's Mars mining satellite will have enough to trade for his freedom. Half a glass of water and heat. Does anyone else have any uh, tips for the heat, handling the heat? Put your feet in a bucket. Feet in a bucket, I'm telling you. Feet in a bucket, that's what I do over here. Because like Scottish person living in Los Angeles, you go have your feet in a bucket at least once a day. With ice, not just an empty bucket. You don't just put your feet in an empty bucket. That would be crazy. You put some ice and some water in a bucket and then that will cool you down. That's my tip. Oh, yeah. And also it's, it's, it's like a pedicure, isn't it? I assume. Yeah. I, although I have to say, Alice, again, I come back to the weirdness of your mind. I do like the idea of an ice cube down the bum crack. I never had thought of it before, but I might be thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, try it. What's to lose? Worst that can happen is it looks like you've got a sweaty bum crack. Yeah, right. And you I'm, do have a sweaty bum crack. I if you're considering do. putting ice down your bum crack, you already have a sweaty bum Absolutely. crack. Absolutely. The only thing I've got to lose would be my dignity, and I lost that some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Nato? I've, uh, I've been trying sobbing uncontrollably uh, <laughs> as a way of uh, cooling down. <laughs> Also, is a long way around to producing yourself half a glass of water. That's right. I can also recommend stripping naked and lying on the concrete floor in the basement. Yes. Very, very cooling. That is very cooling. Bit silence yeah. with the lambs, though, isn't it? Isn't that a bit silence of the lambs, or is that just... I mean, Alice, with your weird head, you must find it silence <laughs> of the lambs. That's silence <laughs> of the lambs, though. If you are lying naked on the concrete floor of your basement, if you happen to have a basement, yeah. the only potential risk that I can see is somebody who you don't uh, expect coming and seeing you, at which point you then have to commit to a you know, Weekend at Bernie's style life of pretending you're dead. Because <laughs> uh, it would be too embarrassing to admit yeah. that you're just lying naked in your basement on the concrete floor. And look, Lynn, what? you know... There's a lot to be said about Silence of the Lambs, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe you can get some lying in the basement, curled up in a ball, naked, yeah. and and not get the serial killing part of it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Buffalo Bill has some things to teach us still. <laughs> 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is our fireworks news now. Uh, this is the story of a man in York who set his own house on fire by lighting fireworks in his bedroom trying to film an amateur war movie. Uh, Nato Green, you're a filmmaker. Can you unpack this story for us? Uh, yeah, a 22-year-old man in York ended up in jail and hospital uh, for setting off fireworks in his house while trying to make a video about uh, uh, the Ukraine war. He had been... Uh, alone in his room for three days on an alcohol and cocaine bender before blowing himself up. Uh, a white guy alone in a room in York doing alcohol and coke for three days, blowing himself up. Sounds like Boris Johnson's bachelor party. Am I right, everybody? Hey. 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 Uh, no, Caddy uh, would be blowing him up. Ring the bell, Ped. Ring the bell. <laughs> he wanted to travel to the Ukraine to help in the war and was filming the video, it sounded like he was making an audition tape to go to the war. Like, dear President Zelensky, please consider me for your mighty Ukrainian armed forces. As you can see, I am calm under pressure and can take a shelling in the face. Um, uh, <laughs> the the neighbors said it looked like November 5th, which is, I guess, Guy Fawkes Day. Is that what that is? Yeah. Uh, not what he was aiming for. He was aiming for kind of an urban warfare look and ended up doing train spotting. Uh, it's like when I try to do an accent and no matter what accent I'm trying to do, it ends up sounding like your racist uncle doing a Jamaican accent. Like I'll try to do an <laughs> Irish accent and it'll just sound like Jar Jar Binks. Yes. All my references are from the nineties. I mean, it is Guy Fawkes day to a certain degree in, in that it's Guy F***s up day. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's very nice, York, actually. It's nice for a little day trip, apart from if some crazy guy on drugs is setting off fireworks. You know, I have to say, I think this whole situation could have been solved if people had more hoses. Garden hoses, that's what you need. Still tell you this, Alice, in case you ever find yourself in this situation, right? Which is here in in the Los Angeles, they get very into the fireworks on the 4th of July, very into it. And it's illegal to set them off here on your own. And also, it's really dangerous because we live in a big, you know, drought. So, but we get the kids driving by the house, setting their cars outside, setting off their big fireworks. And we discovered that if you do, if you use a high pressure water hose on the fireworks that the kids are setting off, they leave. The fireworks don't work and they leave. So I feel, although this guy was a little, you know, out there, the neighbours could have helped this situation with their garden hosage. The other thing that I think is concerning is, and I quote, I'm not a big reader, but I read this and I was like, I can't believe this, right? (laughs) So the guy set fireworks off in his house, right? In this little terraced house in York. Uh, It says, Sheard, who's the guy, 
who inherited the house from his father, may have been suffering from drug-induced psychosis at the time of the incident, but a doctor's report concluded that there was no evidence of this. What do you mean there's no evidence? What <laughs> evidence are you talking about? Oh, no, it's not. He was taking drugs, but we don't think there's a psychosis because he thinks he's going to audition for a war and say off some fireworks. I think doctors of York, up your game or change your profession because that's not satisfactory. I mean, I just like the idea that you can audition for a war. Yeah. That there's a, that there's a casting call for a war. I mean, if there were a casting call for a war, what would it be, Nato? It would just be like, you know, being able to march well and like, you know, press your pleated war slacks. I don't. War slacks. <laughs> I'm. I, I don't. I don't really know how war works. Um, like just bringing bringing back the war aesthetic, you know, in a good way. Like, do you have a do you have a do you have a sassy look? Yeah, would it be a self tape? I mean, it has to be a self tape, right? It has to be. It has to be a self tape. And then you have to like deliver some lines effectively, like over the top man or something like that. Yeah, if I'm auditioning for for a war, I'm going to be auditioning for the one who like cracks halfway through the third day and tries to uh, escape. Yeah, I, I would be auditioning for the for the uh, the guy who gets blown up like in the first ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's a great person to be in a war film, at least. Yeah, the guy who's like, oh no, there, and then is gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll be that guy. I'd be, I'd be the one who, who gets slapped in the face and called a lily-livered coward. That's that's my MO. <laughs> I have to say I've auditioned for worse. Like, I auditioned for Ur <laughs> Willie the musical. I don't know if you know who Ur Willie is, but he's a Scottish uh, character that sits in a bucket. And I auditioned and <laughs> you have, yeah. You've been keeping your feet in a bucket to prepare yeah. for this role. Well, if, I, <laughs> if only I had thought of that at the time, Alice. Where were you when I needed you? I was in those crisis <laughs> years of Ur Willie the musical, The Tour. So I do think in life I have auditioned for worse and, and go worse. But, uh, you know, the other thing that I thought about this is um, evidently, he, you know, he wasn't on on the right side of sober, and and I, you know, I've done some crazy. I'm sure we've all done some crazy things when we're not on the right side of sober. You know, um, like I used to tell people that I worked in the posh frock department of a very expensive store in London called Dickens and Jones, and uh, <laughs> and the more drunk I was, the more convincing I was. And so people would start to ask me, me, which you can't see at the moment, but me, fashion advice about what they should wear to their daughter's wedding and stuff like that. Um, So I think it is a time to do mischief, but I don't necessarily think that you should use explosives at that point. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, I have have gotten drunk and... uh, But I've never been light off explosive. I mean, like, if if I get properly on the as you said lynn on the wrong side of sober the worst thing that i'm going to do is eat too many tacos in the middle of the night (laughs) i mean most of the craziness of history makes more sense if you think most of them were drunk most of the time because the water wasn't safe to drink Mm. and probably therefore they also had diarrhea yeah oh yeah yeah drunk and shitting themselves all the time just imagine That's all the time we have for Home Fireworks News because now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, Lynn, what have you brought in for us this week? Tuesdays. 
Tuesday, that's right, Tuesdays. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Tuesdays, the day that comes after Monday. Tuesdays. I've met them. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. I give them two stars. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I do. One, because it's a day, and two, because it makes a week seven days. The reason I don't like Tuesdays is because if ever, if you think back, right, and this is not a conspiracy theory, once you like connect into it, you'll realise that if you think back in your life, the most difficult days, or if shit's going to happen, happens on a Tuesday. Like, it literally happens on a Tuesday. And, and like, so, and I know this so much that even in my family now, like, my little kid, well, he's not little, my youngest is 15, and uh, when he comes home from school, I'll say, how is it? And he'll be like, well, it was Tuesday today, what do you expect? But, like, the things that happened <laughs> on a... Elvis... So you're proliferating this anti-Tuesday mythology through your yeah. family. It's a fact, Alice. It's a f- oh, now that you know it, right? Now, like, I do a podcast thing with Chesney Hawks, who's a... Do you know Chesney Hawks? He does a song, One and Only, right? Oh, he's lovely, right? Lovely, very sensitive singer, guitar, all that. Nice. And um, he now has noticed the Tuesday thing. Like, he doesn't like to travel on a Tuesday. I'm like, yes, don't travel on a Tuesday. In fact, if you had asked me to come and do your show on a Tuesday, I'd have been like, no, not doing it. So anyway, Elvis. <laughs> what day did Elvis die on? Take a guess. Yes, a Tuesday. Uh, and the death, the uh, Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, the that whole crash, plane crash, day the music died, right? Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. I mean, what are the chances? One in seven. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's. Do you know the other thing that's kind of weird, and it really makes me hate Tuesdays even more is that for some reason Christmas Day is more likely to be on a Tuesday. As if Christmas Day isn't difficult enough, dealing with family members you didn't want to hang out with, the disappointment of not getting what you thought you were going to get, the understanding that Christmas Day is not going to come for another 364 days. But this is the reason I give Tuesdays two stars instead of one, right? Is that the planet Uranus was discovered on a Tuesday. Think that was, the whole world of comedy would have been destroyed if the planet Uranus had not been discovered. There would be less laughing in the world. Comedians would not be able to do their training jokes. There would be no way to, if, if Uranus had not been discovered at all, we would be living in a very bleak world, people. And so for that reason, Tuesday does get a second star, but it only gets two stars out of five. And you'll notice this now. You may sneer at me, Alice, you and your big words and your braininess, but I am telling you the next time something weird happens to you, you'll be like, what day is it? And then you'll be like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Well, I'll tell you how you discover Uranus is uh, you get a piece of ice and put it down your butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best callback. NATO, what have you brought in for us to review? Bringing back your mom, Alice. The phrase your mom. Look, it's easy to take the classics for granted, uh, but my kids are are 14. The twins are 14. They just turned 14. And they just they just discovered your mom as a joke structure. And it's slaying me. <laughs> um, uh, so, like, and it, it's one of those things, like, if you're a dude who's a teenager who wants to learn to play rock guitar, you start out at Stairway to Heaven. Like, you got to learn the building blocks. you got to learn the basic structures before you can do anything interesting. Your mom is like the er joke structure. They'll say it, like, without looking up. You know what put the er in joke structure? 
Yeah. Uranus. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I'll say to my kids, like, why didn't you clean up your room like you agreed to do an hour ago? And they'll be like, your mom. Where did you put your house keys? Your mom. What did you make for dinner? Your mom. So, your mom. Four out of five stars, because the classics are classics for a reason. <laughs> now it's time for your failed hermit news. Uh, this is the sad story of a man, uh, not the sad story of a man who renounced the world, but a sad story of a man who renounced the world and then went viral for renouncing the world. <laughs> Nato Green, you've tried to renounce the world, especially since your twins have turned 14. Can you unpack this story? Uh, yeah, uh, a man in uh, China in, in early July was hiking in the Sichuan province, and uh, Kate was hiking and came into some caves and they found a middle-aged man sitting in one of the caves. Uh, in his, he was in his 40s. He was reading a book and taking notes. Um, uh, and they said that he uh, seemed to be living in the cave for a long time. They didn't bother him and they left him alone. And then it, he went viral. Now, as a dad, I can relate. Um, uh, <laughs> like... Like, I read he had quilts, buckets, pots, bowls, books, and cigarettes. What else do you need in this life? Like, if it had been me, I would have swapped out the cigarettes for coffee. But, like, that's, uh, that you know, I, I, like, this is why my family complains that I take too long taking a shit. Is that I just, it's, I wander off into a cave. I want to break from my responsibilities. I start reading a book. I get lost. Next thing you know, decades have gone by and a hiker finds me. Uh, that's how, <laughs> that's the experience of being a dad. Like, if I don't have line of sight, visual contact with a member of my nuclear family dependent on my survival th- for their ability to live, I would be that guy in two days. Like, just completely feral, <laughs> reading a book in, the, in a cave. Uh, chain smoking uh, and sleeping on the floor. I mean, apparently some people have commented on the videos claiming that the man resembles a runaway family member of theirs. Uh, one person said, I want to see his face because he reminds me of my uncle who ran away from home years ago and also enjoys reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw that. It was like, take the hint. He wants you to leave him alone. He ran away. He ran away. He doesn't want to see you. Would you run away to a cave? Uh, no. I would make other people run away to a cave. I'm much more a kind of I'll talk at you until you have to leave person than I am a person who would leave. <laughs> so I would just carry on talking until I get my own space. That's what I would do. The thing I I think about this guy is uh, somebody said in the in the article, the man was reading and he did not wish to be disturbed. I'm like, could he not have just go into a library? I mean, isn't that kind of the point of libraries? <laughs> and if you don't want to be disturbed, there's a whole load of people just whose whole job is saying, shh, don't disturb people, right? That would be a better thing for it. You know, but I also think it's something about society today. Hey, politics, kids. Which is that a guy is... Ring the bell, <laughs> Right, that uh, somebody's weird, seems weird for, like, sitting quietly in their own, reading a book. I'm like, I don't know that that's really... Like, that doesn't seem to me that weird to be... Maybe it's just quiet. You know, in a world where somebody falls into a volcano because they're taking a selfie, and then a guy blows up his own house because he's auditioning for the Ukraine. Really? Just wanting to read a book quietly on your own? It seems perfectly reasonable to me. I mean, I can totally see this happening to me. I'm somewhere in the middle of civilization. I sit down to read the book. The book is better than I expect... And then, like, an ice age happens and I don't notice. 
I am so and then with you. People find me in a cave. Yeah, totally. I, I am can... with you, Alice. We are sisters from another mister. I don't know. <laughs> now it's time for our obituaries section. Sad news uh, that the most beloved goose, uh, Thomas, a blind bisexual polyamorous goose who had up until uh, recently been involved in a love triangle, has died. Oh. Very sad. Oh. Um, very sad. He was. He had a. He had a. He had a, a swan lover for many years, and then his swan lover found a wife, and they remained together. He helped raise the children until his swan lover died, and then he he retired after that. But he's he's now passed away and is to be buried next to his swan lover. Oh. Uh, Lynn Ferguson, um, you have you've had a swan lover. Um, Several. Pack this story for us. <laughs> yes. They can be very pecky. Just kept hoping one of them was Zeus. Yeah, yeah. You don't want a swan lover. They're very pecky and they keep looking at themselves and going, <laughs> look at me, I'm a swan. You know, what well, I will say to you is I keep chickens. And in the bird world, chickens can be a bit more fluid than than in the human world. Like, it, it just seems to be a thing. Um, so, like, we hatched our chickens. Oh, well, there's a chicken phenomenon. I don't know if you know this. But sometimes if, if your flock doesn't have a rooster, then one of the female chickens will just start crowing like a rooster, even though it's not a rooster. But when you hatch chickens, you can't tell whether they're male or female because they're just chickens, right? So we hatched chickens, and our, we had this lovely chick that we called Margaret. Uh, because in any group of Scottish women, there will always be one of them called Margaret. And uh, it turned out that <laughs> Margaret was a guy. So we had to change her name. So Margaret is now a rooster and she is a he and called Genghis. And it has made me think that a lot of Scottish <laughs> women called Margaret could also be called Genghis. I think we can learn a lot from the bird world. This is what I'm saying, Alice. I feel that we as humans, when the world is in the state that it is, can learn a lot from the bird world about how to be more open to things, how to be more caring, how to get more eggs. That's what I think. I think that's a very wise approach. NATO? So swans mate for life and gay polyamorous swans process for life. A uh, lot of processing. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are U-Haul swans. Uh, does that does that phrase translate? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, 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 we we have we, we we where I live we talk, we talk about U-Haul lesbians. Uh, we're like they have one date and then they move in forever. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> so. Thomas lived to the age of 40, which is very old in geese years. Scientists believe that the polyamorous bisexual relationship contributed to his longevity because of all the processing. It wasn't just a bisexual <laughs> polyamorous relationship. It was also a goose-swan-swan polytriad. Wow. Uh, that's also an interspecies relationship, which is even more challenging than a cross-class relationship. Uh, it's harder than a plumber dating the heiress to an apothecary fortune. I mean, speaking of the ugly duckling story, this is a rewriting of the hot goose story. Talk about punching above your weight. Totally. Getting two swans. Pounding above your weight, if you will. <laughs> there are a bunch of other challenges a poly swan geese family have to consider, like nest design. They have to build a nest <laughs> big enough for all three of them. <laughs> or they have to ro a rotate, taking turns sleeping on the couch. Um, Thomas was the was the goose, and uh, and the Thomas and Henry had eighteen happy 
gay years together before the third person showed up. They had 18 happy gay years together and like a lot of couples trying to keep it interesting decided to try on a threesome. Uh, <laughs> and the tour guide in the in the bird sanctuary said that, uh, as Lynn was saying, it's very hard to establish the gender of mature black swans. And I just wrote pronoun joke. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> pronoun joke to come. Henry was the, was the glue. When Henry died, Henrietta left because Henrietta never loved Thomas as much as he loved her or their shared family. Oh. Henrietta <laughs> had to go, quote, work on herself and not get stuck in a rut and pursue her own dreams. Uh, and make signets with someone else. So, <laughs> Henrietta, boo. Boo, Henrietta. That woman who wrote, you know the woman who wrote the romantic vampire novels about vampires and werewolves and stuff like that and how they could fall in love and fall out of love and then be like a love triangle with a vampire and a werewolf <laughs> and all that? Do you think that maybe she I do, could... I do know that lady. Right, do you know the woman I mean? I don't know her name. I just know that she's know. A, like, a little creepy in that way. But I am wondering... <laughs> That maybe this could be the new book series for her. Like there was a couple of swads and they were like doing their thing and then a goose come along and then they're like, oh, I don't know who I love. Is it the werewolf? Is it the vampire? Oh, no, I don't know who I love. Is it the swan or is it the goose? That could work, I think. In my head, it works. In your head. I mean, I think you need to write this. Uh, This is the Uh, new groundbreaking Fifty Shades of Grey slash Twilight series. We are there. Uh, The hot goose swan (laughs) triad. Yeah. Well, Thomas has lived a life, a very long life, a satisfying life. And uh, I think we can all agree that he's the goose that laid the golden swans. (laughs) That's all the time we have for this week's stories. I'm going to flip through the ads at the back of the magazine. Uh, Lynn, have you got anything to plug? Edinburgh, I'm doing shows in Edinburgh. I'm doing a show called Storyland, which is part story, part stand-up. Part story, part land. But no, oh, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. Where were you when I was <laughs> writing the copy? I'm going to get your number. In fact, I'm going to keep a wee copy of you in my handbag. So when I'm looking for good words, I'll be like, Alice, come here. Tell me your pirate things. <laughs> so I'm doing that, and I'm doing a, I do a podcast as well called Ferguson Harrington Hawks, and we're doing it live at the National Museum of Scotland for a couple of days as well. Oh, lovely. That sounds delightful. I, I will come along and have a look. Uh, NATO, have you got anything to plug? I have a couple of comedy albums out, the NATO Green Party and the Whiteness Album. Uh, the best way to support comedy directly is on Bandcamp because... Spotify is fighting with comedy labels right now and all of, a lot of our stuff got pulled. That's fun. If you're in San Francisco, you can see me live at The Setup on the 29th. Go to thesetupcomedy.com uh, or whatever it's called. <laughs> and if you enjoyed this week's episode but think that you could send us better stories, become a roving reporter. Tweet us at Hello Gargles with stories that you think would be suitable for this podcast. Big thanks to Ben F. Meyer for the Vesuvius story this week, Dr. Nerdware for the Home Fireworks story, and Disco Shake for the Failed Hermit story. Uh, again, at Hello Gargles if you would like to become one of our roving reporters. I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E on Twitter and Instagram or patreon.com slash Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons. I will be in Edinburgh. Look it up. This is an Alice Fraser and Bugle podcast production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hold up. 
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com